this is massively appreciated the fact that you're willing to do this. And thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, thank you. No, no worries. First things first, I've got to check, particularly with the time difference, as it's coming up to quarter past 11 here in London, the UK. How is yeah. your day going? It's going pretty well. It's just the start of the evening here. It's about, you know, quarter after six for us. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, 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 doing really, really well. I'm about to go on like a week of night shift, so I have a cup of coffee. I'm going to be up till the early hours in the morning anyway, so. Oh, my. Ooh, perfect. Man. It's a chance <laughs> to um, Before we go any further, my goodness me, you've got a picture, that, the frame you've got in the background. You have the nun. Are you, are you a yeah. specific horror movie fan or is it of that franchise? Oh, I am a huge horror movie fan. I love all of that stuff. And that, so that's actually one of three. We've got the nun, we have Jason Voorhees, and we have Chucky along farther that way on the wall. Oh my goodness me. It's always great to talk to a fellow horror movie fan. Is it something that comes from your youth where you, like a lot of us, kind of saw horror movies way too young? Yes, definitely. So <laughs> the first horror movie that I think I ever saw, I want to say I was eight years old. And my good old dad comes in and tells me, hey, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is on. Come and watch this movie. And I'm like, okay, you know, but and it was the greatest thing ever. So there was probably a 50-50 shot that I was either going to be petrified and traumatized of clowns, or I was going to think it was great. And luckily I thought it was great. So we were good. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that movie until I was way too old for it and couldn't have enjoyed it in the same way. Amazing. Yep. It was so great. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm, I'll make the bold presumption that you've seen pretty much everything in regards to classic. I want to pick your brains then in the more modern aspect, because I, I find as a horror movie fan that finding great modern horror is very difficult and you kind of have to search around for ones that blow your mind. Is there something you've seen in the last couple of years that's modern that you've gone, wow, that's what people should be watching? Um, I hate to be like that person that says the new stuff's just not the same as the old stuff, but not really. I mean, I love all of it. You know, I'll watch anything from, you know, the cult B movies to, you know, the big budget movies. But I, I kind of think that the old stuff just has a certain flair to it that you don't really get anymore. I don't know. So, but I do like it. I mean, like the Insidious series, those are great. Same thing with the Conjuring movies. I like all of those, you know, but... I'll take the good old, like, Evil Dead any day. So is that specific area you like the most, the 80s? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a safe bet to say, yeah. 80s horror, it's like, it's just, there's nothing else like that. It's wonderful. <laughs> I'll ask one more, though, about it then. Um, Genre-wise, what, what do you find yourself enjoying the most? Are you a slasher, zombies, that kind of thing, or is there any and all? I love zombies. I love them so much. I actually have a zombie clock on a different wall in this very same room. Nope. Yeah. Yep, you're after our hearts. Our website, part of our website title is from a specific zombie horror movie. Uh, that I also happen to have tattooed on me. And if you can see that very well. Yeah, I love it. I do. I have a zombie, uh, you know, the big boy guy holding the burger? Oh, yeah. I have a version of a big boy right here on my arm as well. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> That's fantastic. Glad to hear. Okay, well, have things begun to calm down for you? Now that the new album has been out a couple of weeks, are things beginning to settle? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's always a big a big push when you drop a single, an EP, an album. Um, you know, and then once you've worked up to it so much and that you put everything into it and then it drops and then you just kind of sit and wait. 
So we're, we're doing that right now. It's just, you're sitting and waiting and just, you know, getting the reviews that come in and trying to see where you landed. And, you know, that's either the really fun stuff or the really stressful stuff, but that's where we are right now. Do you have a specific time frame where you're kind of like, okay, this is now good enough where we can look at, not been long enough, should I say, where we can look at the comments, we look at the reviews and say, there's a summation of what people think in the world of the new album. Yeah, I mean, we, not that I'd say we really pay a ton of attention to, you know, a lot of the social media comments, mm. but yeah, I mean, you, you, we give it maybe a month or so just to kind of let it fester and see what happened. But yeah, I mean, it's been pretty well received so far, so we don't have any complaints. You know, I can't say anything's been bad. That's good enough. That's exactly what you want to hear. Obviously 2021, it's been quite a year for, Hearts and Hand Grenades, two albums out in one year. Now, the expectation, I guess, or the belief will be, without speaking to you, that this intense output has been because of, well, COVID-19. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it, it's got something to do with it. You know, we we had the first album ready to go, obviously, by the end of 2020 to drop it in January of 2021. Mm. Um, but we had nothing but downtime, really, for the majority of that, you know, so we talked about it as a band and, and we kind of just decided like, well, we've got more to work on. We've got more ideas. Let's just go with it. You know? So we took advantage of the downtime that we had and we just kept making more music and we kept putting the songs together till eventually we had enough for a second album, you know? So we had to make that decision to either say, well, now what? we can either sit on it and wait and essentially do nothing for a year. Mm just say you know screw it let's just go so we just decided eh, we'll get in the studio we'll just put them together and we'll just pop out a second album so yeah it it definitely had something to do with it but you know it it was a good process i guess for us because we were able to keep that momentum going from the first album and we just never stopped we just kept working on it all the way through to the second one absolutely Talking of which then, how have you been coping throughout this period both personally and obviously within the band yeah, you know, it's been a roller coaster, really. So you've got the stress of wanting to play out and being told you can't, you know, then then you've got the opportunities sort of start to open up and you're told, well, you can play out, you know, and now we've got like the the personal struggle of is it responsible to play out? So, you know, we kind of fought through those things. Um, and, and as things got better, you know, we did have some shows where there are mask requirements. You had to be, you know, seated. You couldn't be walking around. And that was difficult because it's, it's not what anyone was used to. You know, you go to a rock show and you want to stand up and you want to hang out and, you know, do your thing. But, you know, we're up on stage giving it our all to an audience that's, you know, very separated, very limited, mm. kind of weird to get used to, you know, because you want to get into it. You want the crowd to be into it. But clearly you can just see the restraint on everybody, both on the stage and off the stage. So it was weird, but I mean, ultimately I'm, I'm happy that we were able to, to start doing it again, you know, to get us to where we are now, where now things are a lot better where you can sort of have the shows, but at least in Western New York, where we are, uh, they just put some, the mask restrictions back on. So it kind of seems like things are starting to take a little bit of a dip here. Um, but who knows, you know, it, we can't really control much of that. So we're just trying to roll with it and do whatever we can do whenever we can do it. So that's sort of where we're at. Yeah, yeah, it's the, um, 
it's starting to sound like a broken record hearing bands to say very, very similar things. But ultimately, you've got to try and stay as positive as you can be. Have you, um, the band as a whole, been able to take many positives out of this period? And what, if anything, has kind of helped you guys get through it? Yeah, I mean, you, you always have to find the positives, I think, in everything, right? So for us, it was really having that time as a band to work together to maybe put the extra effort into how do we want the songs to sound live versus on the album? You know, what do we want to do for, for a stage show idea, stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, we had a little bit of extra time to just work on things where maybe, you know, if we were as busy as we normally are, we might not have been able to put that extra attention and detail into things. Uh, we were able to do a couple of small tours, um, you know, over the past year. Mm. So, I'm, and we're grateful for that too. But, you know, ultimately, yeah, we had a lot of extra time to just kind of sit around and work on stuff more than we normally would have. So I guess that's the positive I would take away from it. We got to put a little more attention to details. Do you think you guys have got to this point? And I don't want to say got through it because we're not quite there yet, but got to this point stronger than you were perhaps when uh, it first kicked off. Yeah, and I think... You'd have to be right because it's either going to be, you know, you're you're going to roll with it, you're going to do what you have to do, um, to to stay together as a band, to stay as a band, you know, or what's your alternative? You know, you can just sit on it and do nothing, you know. So, so I think so. I think it it helped us really realize how lucky we are that we get to do this, you know, and it it makes you just more grateful for the opportunities that you do have. Did you get a sense of community? within the music scene throughout this period as well. So like your position is exactly the same as the biggest band in the entire world or the smallest band in the entire world. Everybody was stuck. Right. Yeah, and it, you do. And you can even see that on social media. You know, it's like everybody's posting kind of similar things. You know, you're reaching out to your fans, your, your friends, and you're trying to keep everybody as enthusiastic, as involved as they would be. You know, and, and then you find yourself sort of apologizing, but it's like, for what? You know, everybody's stuck in the same boat. You know, we can't control any of this. So it's, yeah, you know, it's, it was really great and really sad at the same time to see sort of everybody coming together, doing the same stuff. Um, and I think streaming services and, and social platforms helped a lot too, because you saw a lot more uh, digital shows. Mm. You know, I ever seen this many streaming bands, you know, at one time. So I think, yeah, a huge sense of community right there. And just that social media played a big role in actually keeping people more connected than they've ever been. Well said, well said. So of course, debut album, Turning to Ashes in January, 2021. And now we have Between the Lines, November, 2021. It is very easy to draw parallels between both albums. But we're not looking at part one and part two here. For you, um, within the band, what's the biggest difference between the two albums for you? Yeah. So behind the scenes, even um, mm. a lot of a lot of growth happened. I think from that first album to the second album. So we put together the original songs, not truly knowing what direction we might be going in. You know, we were very weird as far as. Um, genre sounds I guess you know I, yeah and it wasn't really like on purpose it just sort of happened that way so you know we kind of experimented with like hey let's you know 
try this heavier sounding song. And that's what for the weekend sort of ended up being, you know, and then we had the in crowd, which is a total swanky verse that goes into this punky chorus. You know, it's like two things you, you almost wouldn't see together. Um, but those are the kind of things, you know, where we were just sort of working it out and it became really fun you know, for us. And I think for, our, for listeners also to just sort of be on that ride with us, you know, where we were like, yeah, hey, let's just try this and see how it sounds. And then we just totally switch gears. Hey, let's just try this and see how that sounds. Uh, and that was kind of the process for the first album. Um, but leading into the second album, I mean, we, we knew, we know we're a rock band. We know we like rock music. Um, the four of us come kind of from different genres of rock that we all sort of like and grew up with. Uh, like Mike's very heavy into classic rock. Uh, me, I love that 90s alternative and that pop scene or punk pop scene, sorry. Um, you know, Kenny's got this Southern rock thing going for him and, you know, and Tom's kind of all over the board. So it was really fun to bring all of our different influences together to put the songs together. Um, but we sort of had, we knew what was working and where we sort of wanted to keep that when we got into Between the Lines for the second album. So I think uh, from the first to the second album, the second's maybe a little bit more heavier than the first one was. Um, but as much as, as we evolved into that direction, uh, the influences were still there. I think, you know, you can sort of pick bits and pieces out of the songs on the second album also. And uh, if, if you tried hard enough, you could probably figure out which songs came from which member of the band. Right. You know, just like those little those little quirks and you can sort of be like, Ooh, that's a Kenny thing right there. <laughs> yeah, like, but we had a lot of fun in the process. The whole thing was just great. I mean, I'm glad to use the term growth as well, because personally, having listened and reviewed the first album back in January and obviously the new one in November, I could hear the growth in the band too. To me, it seemed like with this follow-up that you are beginning to find your sound as it were, so to speak. You talk about influences, elements like that, but it's very easy to genre place any band and yours is simply rock. And it's so all encapsulating that it almost isn't fair. <laughs> you, do you understand what I mean? Oh, I do, yep. Yeah, it, it's, I know, I know exactly what you mean. And we've been classified by certain, um, you know, magazines have done articles and we've had some other people do reviews. And it seems like it's always different. You mm. know, some hard rock band, you know, out of Buffalo, New York. And then we get, uh, you know, alternative metal band. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. If somebody asked me, you know, hey, what genre are you? It would just depend on the day of the week and what mood I was in on maybe what my answer would be. I don't know. We're just, we're a rock band and we're okay with that. Yeah, we, it's, it's, a, it's a music thing. Uh, it might even be more a rock and metal thing than anything else. We just want to put you in a pigeonhole. We need to spot <laughs> you in somewhere and say, okay, you are a yeah. post-metal, black metal, that kind of thing. So I guess it makes it easier for people to find you, but yeah. then there's such a wealth of it. It gets confusing and that's it in yep. that sense oh yeah yeah definitely and, and it's it seems like you know every every so often it's like a new genre gets created and it's almost like a game now where i get mm -hmm. when somebody you know tries to call us something i've never heard of i'm like "Ooh, what's this one and you got to run to google and look it up like it's really fun but then it th it's fair to sort of say there's absolutely no limitations on what you guys want to do if you get to your third album and want to do say a album full of ballads country style ballads or throw out something that's far heavy you would and could do so 
We definitely could. I think we would probably stay away from anything country. Not that I'm knocking anybody that loves country music. Uh, not not my thing. I don't think we would ever go there. Um, but yeah, I could see us definitely working into you know heavier directions. Um, but we always like to throw a curveball in there. Like you know, so on the second album, uh, the last song on it, Moonlight, that really just came from we all sort of grew up in some weird sense of the way loving the Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven. Mm-hmm. You know, so we just started playing around with an idea and it wasn't even necessarily a serious idea at the time. And we just said, Oh man, like maybe we could just do a fun little spin on like the moonlight Sonata. And so our song moonlight basically spun off of that, you know, so we got to work real fast trying to make sure that we didn't break any rules of public domain, which we were good (laughs) because of the age of the original, you know, piece, we were fine. Uh, But we figured, Hey, you know, what the hell, let's just give this a try. And it ended up, being you know one of our favorite songs you know so we decided let's just work it out put it together and put it on the album and you'll see what happens i mean it shows how incredibly imaginative you guys are is that a constant theme between all of you that your imaginations are running wild and you're bouncing off each other consistently yeah i mean i that's definitely a fair statement there you know and and most of the time it's not really planned when it happens so it could be something as cheesy as, you know, we're just rehearsing some new material and somebody's, you know, had a couple beers too many and it's like, hey guys, let's try this. And then it's like, that's a great idea. Here we go. And, and sometimes that's all it takes, you know, for us to go off on this tangent that sort of turns into one of those spunky cross genre creations that, you know, we've found to love so much. It's, it's what makes music exciting. Definitely, yep. Were you conscious or were you aware that obviously two albums in one year, regardless of the circumstances, might have people going, oh, this is a bit too much, uh, too much music at once? Or did you just think, no, that doesn't that doesn't matter. It's good music. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we kind of just said, screw it. And we yeah. went for it. You know, and uh, the first, well, both albums, they're not very long. Um, so I think if the first album may have turned into... I don't know, like a 15 track compilation. It may have been different, Mm. Um, you know, but they're both relatively, relatively short, I think. So at that point, you know, we just decided, Hey, we released the first one. We've got all this stuff that we're constantly working on, you know, and we just, we didn't want to just leave it, you know, on a shelf somewhere. We had to just keep moving. Yeah, because I always imagine as well that uh, you write this album and say you decide you're going to sit in it for the next two years. Musically, are you able to move on then and sort of write new stuff if you've got this constantly sitting in the wings, just waiting to do something with it? Uh, I think for me personally, that would drive me absolutely bonkers. So, no, I don't want to say it's maybe like a band compulsion, but maybe it is, you know. So if, if we've got the material... I think we're going to just record it and get it out there and see what happens. And I mean, even, even now, you know, if we start putting together more material and it's not necessarily enough for an album, we may just drop singles, you know, moving forward. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Of course. Of course. Yeah. Like the way things go nowadays, you can really get away with anything. It seems like, so we're taking full advantage. (laughs) Yeah. And anyone to complain about having too much um, hearts and hand grenades music, it's, you know, it's silly. Come on, enjoy it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
when it came, considering the writing for the second album took place during this bad period in the world, were you conscious kind of when it came to writing and uh, working on it that you didn't want to sort of do something that was directly related to the issues surrounding the world? Was that an easy thing to avoid? Uh, no, I don't think it was an easy thing to avoid. Um, and between the lines itself, that song, uh, you know, it's it's not really politically driven. And I've been asked about that a few different times. Uh, not not totally politically driven. It's more based off of frustration. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and basically it's about being lied to and just being sick of it and reading between the lines, basically. So I think that's very relevant, though, considering all the stuff that had been going on and what's still going on, I suppose. Um, so to say it wasn't influenced by the things that were happening around us, I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, maybe subconsciously it was influenced. It wasn't, none, nothing on the album is directly meant to be, uh, you know, the politics that were happening and COVID related. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it would be naive to say, no, it's absolutely not. You know, you're exposed to, to the things in the media, maybe even, you know, subconsciously. So I think it had, a, it had some kind of a contributing factor. So if someone was to be listening to a particular song and they take something from it, they pick something up from it that might relate to whatever they're thinking about. It's not necessarily that they're wrong. It might just be their own interpretation. Sure. Yep, definitely. Do you think then that Hearts and Hand Grenades are well placed to deal with the modern demands of being in a band? Now I'm talking about things like social media, reliance on streams, likes, follows, all the aspects that come with well, modern music. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're equipped with everything that we would need to mm. be, you know, a force on social media. Um, do I love that? No. That's the next question. Yeah, it's going to be about whether you love it or not. I <laughs> know, absolutely not. I mean, for for us, the place you want to be is on a stage playing live in front of a crowd of people. So you understand, you know, the limitations of what's going on, right? Like everybody's dealing with COVID. So your option, depending on where you are, is you can sit there and do absolutely nothing, or you can, you know, stream something. So I think any, any musician that's just hungry to play might, you know, kick their feet a little for a second and say, okay, let's stream it. Um, but for us, you know, I really think that the whole band is on the same page when I say we want to play out, we want to tour, we want to meet people, I want to make fans that way, in person, organically, by performing. Yeah. But you take what you can get, you know, so we're we're all blessed to be alive in a time where we've got the reach that we have socially um, through the internet. You know, that's amazing. I take nothing away from that. But yeah, I prefer to be on a stage and just getting out there and performing that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I hope it comes back sooner rather than later because I, you know, I jumped the new website earlier on wanting to see what uh, tour dates were lined up and it looks bloody empty. It is. Yeah. Are we literally at that point where it's simply a matter of wait and see, or you can tell us anything that you have in the works. Yeah, we we're working right now um, with actually getting over to the UK next year. So it might be the fall. We don't have the, the details solidified yet. Um, but yeah, I think the plan is for next year to get over to the UK. I'm not sure for how long, if it'll be mm. a few weeks or, or what. 
but we're definitely going to take whatever we can get, you know, and then we'll do obviously some stints around the U.S. as as those become available as well. Um, but we will post it as soon as we've got those things locked in. They'll be up on our social media and on our website for sure. I guess the hope and desire right now is simply that 2022 is busy, as busy as we've been this year, but busy in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love busy <laughs> yeah uh, uh, i have to ask, is it wrong for me to presume that 2022 would be as prolific as 2021 though oh who knows i mean uh, who knows the way things go nowadays it's everything is so just up in the air i mean we're gonna still do what we can you know as and as things change in different places uh you know we'll we'll play out where we can and if we can't play out we're just going to sit here and and keep ourselves busy and we're going to create more music so we're not going to fade into the sunset i can tell you that you know we're we have plans to stay busy one way or another no this momentum needs to be built on as well you had the first album you got the second album that's such an absolute wave you've two albums worth of material to play live <laughs> yes i know i want to play for somebody let's go have you had much time in the uk Oh, we have never been out in the UK. Have you so, ever traveled over here personally? Just Vacationing? No, no. So I am a terrible flyer. I have no problem saying that. I don't do very well on airplanes and I'm okay with that, but uh, <laughs> I will do what I have to do so that we can get over there because we all really want to. I don't think any of us have actually been over there. I'm pretty sure, but we're all prepared. Well, you- you just need to get a plane to here. You don't, you know, if you do more than one city in the UK, you drive. You don't got to fly there. It's easy enough to get around. So we, at least while you're Perfect. here, you'll be okay. Yes, I like to hear that. <laughs> is there any particular city other than the capital, London? Is there any particular city that you've always wanted to visit? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if there's any particular city. So I, you know, I live in this, this little bubble land of, I only get to see cool other countries besides Canada. We're very close to Canada, mm. but I see them on TV. So to me, it's just like this big, wonderful, full world of like greatness. That's not Buffalo, New York. So no, I mean, anything, I want to just take it in. I want to get over there. I want to play some shows for the UK and wherever we end up, that's perfectly fine with me. That's where I want to be. We'll hope you get a few days off on the tour then and to actually see the sights. As a horror movie fan, go back to the days of Hammer Horror. You've got a ton of stuff still hanging around from that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, anything. I'm in. (laughs) I want to see all the cool stuff. (laughs) Absolutely. I really, really do hope you're able to get over here next year. And as I say, you're, you're in the same boat as everyone else we speak to. Let's wait and see. And fingers crossed it all works out. Absolutely. Okay, lastly, um, you might notice the crap that's flowing in the background. That is this time of the year. And we have videos to do that require festive decoration. So it's up nice <laughs> and early. But we do love Christmas songs, particularly when they're rocked up. Have you guys ever thought about writing a Christmas tune? I don't think we've ever discussed it, but we, so we all obviously, you know, like most musicians, you play cover gigs locally when you got, when you've got, you know, nothing else going on. And we do that all the time. Uh, so nothing is out of the question. So I don't know. I mean, I would have a lot of fun, I think, doing some kind of dysfunctional Frosty the Snowman. Make it all, make it a little bit metal. Who knows? Something cool. 
Yeah, we're constantly demanding that more modern bands do it because all the uh, sort of rock and metal versions of Christmas songs tend to come from eras bygone. We want more modern bands doing it and giving their own spin in it. It's just fun. Right? No, I agree because you don't really hear that too much besides, you know, the the Mariah Carey that you get every year playing in the department stores. It's like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, no. Do you have I a need something new? Do I have a favorite? Hmm. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't think I have a favorite. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure in most places they have a radio station that does similar things. And I'm not going to go on and say the name of the station and blast them. But there is one local station that put Christmas music on. I want to say November 1st. And for me, that was kind of early. So that kind of turned me off a little bit, you know, to, to hearing it that soon. I Okay, so I hate snow. I hate being cold because I'm like a super old lady when it comes to cold weather. I can't deal with it. I just want to be toasty. So I'll take snow Christmas Eve. Bring it. Give me a blizzard. Give me a whiteout. I want, you know, winter wonderland. Christmas Day, yes, perfect. And then the day after Christmas, if it all melted, I'd be the happiest person on the planet. Very specific weather pattern for this. <laughs> right, and I live in the wrong place. Buffalo, New York is like, you know, snow haven for about five months of the year. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know American states brilliantly, but whenever I've heard Buffalo, New York, I literally in my head picture one thing, and I'm like, that place is snowy, right? <laughs> It's yeah, it's very snowy. We had like a winter vortex a few years back, and we ended up getting about seven feet of snow in a 24 hour span. Yeah, and it, it was like that, and that's not normal. So I don't want people to think that that's Buffalo. Buffalo is usually cold and snowy, and it's and it doesn't stop for like those five months. But we did have a freak day where it was about seven feet of snow and it shut down like the whole city. Everything was locked up. People couldn't leave. It was the ultimate snow day, I guess we'll call it. But yeah, those are the little things that are making me wonder why I don't live in the south, you know, of the United States. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the plan then just for the remainder of this year? Is it a matter of just chilling out and just just seeing what happens? Yeah. Yeah. I think for the rest of this year, at least, you know, we'll just sort of take it easy and, you know, get through Christmas and don't get me wrong. I love Christmas. Mm. Um, but yeah, once January rolls around, I, I'm, I'm ready to go. I think we're all pretty eager to, to get out there and start doing some just performing. So help them. You can help them by simply going to check out between the lines, pick it up, stream it, whatever you need to do. It is out now. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?